The fantasy football season has come to an end, but this is the perfect time to take your sports viewing experience to the next level. Epson, just hook your boy up with this new Epic Vision Ultra LS800 laser projector, including their optional 120-inch silver flex screen. And I'm telling you right now, this is an absolute game changer. With an epic 120-inch picture, it's twice the size of an 85-inch TV. I should know I had one of those in my old setup. And y'all know I love scouting prospects for the NFL draft. And with that 4K Pro UHD picture this big, it can take the way that I evaluate prospect game film to a level never seen before. To learn more, visit Epson.com forward slash wake up. Again, that's EPSON.com forward slash wake up. And like Epson says, bring the sportsbook experience home. It's a destination. We are finally here. Let's go. What is good, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Destination Dynasty. I am your host, Scott Connor, at Charles Chill FFB on Twitter. We're back. We're back for another show, and this is going to be a great one. Uh, I'm super excited uh, to have the first guest on the show. Uh, talking a little bit of just startup strategy, but it's not going to be the type of show that you might think. We're not going to talk a lot about specific players. We're not going to talk a ton about roster construction. That obviously goes into startup strategy. Uh, But a lot of what we're going to talk about is just prepping for a startup, understanding your league, reading your league, some psychology that goes into doing a new league, the timing of when you're doing your draft, uh, and a whole lot more. This is a startup that we just completed a couple days ago. We're going to talk some of the nuances, how we prepped for it, how we build our rosters, and kind of what we plan to do with these teams going forward. As always, join the crew, patreon.com slash allgas. Sign up for the newsletter at allgas.beehive.com backslash subscribe. And then the Dynasty and Chill Patreon, check that out at patreon.com slash dynasty and chill. We'll dive right into it. Without further ado, please welcome Mr. Ray GQ himself, Ray Garvin. We're going to talk some Dynasty startup strategy. All right, folks, we're kicking this off. First guest in Destination Dynasty history. Come on, you know who it's got to be. Ray GQ. He's one of the reasons I'm here. The main reason I'm here doing this show. (laughs) Got to be the first guest. We did a couple live streams. We had people chiming in there, but first true guest. And I saw somehow got you into a lineup league, which you swore those off that you would never join another one until you know it was worth your while. So welcome, my friend. Glad for you to be the first guest. We're going to talk a little startup. We're going to talk some psychology. I know you listened to the last couple shows where I started diving into the psychology. I think we both agree that is the that is the new edge. If you want to get ahead of your league mates is figure out what they're thinking. Try to anticipate their moves before they start moving and strategize around that so what's up man man thank you for having me on bro uh i don't guest on pods often anymore even (laughs) even some under my own channel um but when you asked me to jump on here it was just like yeah let's do it and then uh for me i was like i know you record at night it's just a lot easier for me to get stuff done um in the evening times but you're you're talking about one of the main reasons you're here man i'm happy you're here, Scott. You're somebody I've respected for years. I sing your praise across the board in this space, whether it's on Twitter, if it's on Bleacher Report. I'm somebody that I respect tremendously. So uh, to have you um, on the DD team and doing your own thing your way, I told you when you did this show, it's your show. You do it how you want to do it. 
um, just a tremendous amount of respect and love and admiration for what you do. And more importantly, how you, how you go about dynasty. Um, you think about it in, a, in ways that make me sort of change my process or at least think about the way that I, I maneuver in this space, man. So to be on here with you, uh, it's an honor, man. And I'm excited to just chop it up about some shit that people probably don't think about um, when, when they, when they're starting new leagues or, or thinking about dynasty and, that's what I want us to do, Scott, is get people to think, is stretch people's thinking um, in this space. You know, that's that's what it's about is is learning and growing and thinking and continuing to stretch that that line of thought. You know, every single year it changes. Dynasty ain't static, man. This is dynamic. It's always changing by the I, I wouldn't even say by the year, by the week, by the month. It's always changing, man. So happy to be here and ready to dive into some good stuff. Yeah, man. I mean, it's a. Uh... It definitely hit me hard this year. And you probably heard people allude to it. Just how, I mean, you doing the wake-up show on Monday, just how reactionary people are to what just happened the night before, the day before. Uh, and I'm guilty of it. You've called me out a couple times going, damn, Scott, you're the most reactionary one in here. Like, you know, one bad quarter <laughs> and I'm already pissed off because what I thought was going to happen wasn't. But then you start realizing that, that isn't just me. You know, there's a lot of people that one game can totally change their opinion on a team, on a player, on a situation. And at first I'm kind of like, yeah, that, maybe that is a little too much reaction in after a short sample size or a small sample size. But then if you start realizing, dude, like if half your league is playing that way, you have to at least have that cap that you can put on and go, all right, the market is changing as these early slate of games are going on on a Sunday, the market is changing. And if you're sitting there going, I'm just going to play the long game, man. I'm going to play. I'm not even going to play the, the this year game. I'm playing the long game in Dynasty. You're going to get slayed. You're going to get slayed by people that are going, I'm just going to play the day trading game. I'm going to play the value game. I'm going to play the let's just chase points every week. You know, like you're, you're going to get beat by that guy. The guy that says he can evaluate things. I know what the NFL is going to look like in 2025. No chance. I'll play that player all day, seven days a week, and, and we'll probably beat them just because they're sitting there thinking, I can project what the NFL is going to do in two years. You can't even project what they're going to do in two weeks. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it, we did a startup. Let's just get right to it. That's what we're going to talk about for most of this episode. We did a startup. I hit you up. I'm like, Ray, we got one. Someone approached me. We've been trying to get in a pretty high stakes league for a while. Uh, they're hard to come by, believe it or not. As soon as you go, you know what? Let's put this type of money up. People are like, nah, man, I'm good. I'm too busy. I, I, I can't do another league. I've done too many of them. And it's almost like I usually am like, well, okay, hit me up whenever you're ready for it. We can plan it a year out. You know, let's get it going. Let's get a good league with enough stakes. We'll plan it a year out. Hit me up when you're ready. And then all of a sudden, as I'm too busy now, turns into, well, I really just, I don't want to play in one like yeah. that, which is fine. But it came up. I'm like, let's do it. Is this the one you want to do? You're like, fine. I'm like, it's a lineup league, Ray. You still want <laughs> in? Yeah. Ray, it's going to be a snake draft. You still want in? Yeah. Okay. So it's a snake draft, it's a lineup league, it's on sleeper, but there's a lot of other crazy shit that's going on in this league. So I just want to get your initial thoughts when I showed you the league, invited you to sleeper, you took a look at it. What does your like prep look like before you even start, before you even go in there and go, what draft slot am I going to get? Who else is in the league? Like, what are you doing very high level to prep for a new league? Yeah, and, and just for everybody listening right now that doesn't sort of get the importance of Scott saying it's a lineup league, it's a snake league. I have pretty much sworn off all of those leagues. If it's a lineup league, I'm very much into dynasty best ball. I, I think I love the strategy of best ball. I love the fact that I can build out a large portfolio of leagues and I don't have to actively manage the, the, the roster setting aspect of it. And some people, they think there's some skill in that. I think the skill is in constructing your roster. I think if you can construct a roster, right? Sometimes, you know, how many times have you have you set what you felt was an optimal lineup and then one quarter in, the guy tweaks an ankle and he's done, right? He he pulls a groin and you're like, shit, man. Like that, that that's just luck. And I, I just, for me, having the ability to have my best players in the way that I've constructed my team crack my starting lineup, 
I, I just, for me, that's what does it for me. And it keeps me from having to, to have those kind of decisions. My Sundays are easy because I'm not worrying about who to start. I've got a good team. I've got good players. Um, and then as far as the snake aspect really quickly, I think in today's NFL, Scott, if you join a startup league and it is non-auction, you are subjecting yourself to get absolutely screwed by the randomizer of your draft slot. You know, in super flex leagues, you pay your money, you enter the league, and then you draw the 111 in a super flex, and you see 10 quarterbacks off of the board, and you're sitting there, you're looking at the scoring, and you know QB scoring is juiced, and your best option, you know, at the 111 is Dak Prescott. It's... It's, you know, Kyler Murray. It's Deshaun Watson. You're just like, I really don't want to make that pick. And even worse is if you're the 112 and Jefferson comes off the board before one of those quarterbacks you really don't want. And you're just like, man, I just, I, I'm, you're almost like you're behind the eight ball before you start. And then if it's not third round reversal, you're screwed even more. So I just don't like participating in lineup leagues and or snake. I prefer auction. And I prefer best ball. But when you approach me with this one, the stakes were were good enough. I thought the scoring was interesting. Um, and the fact that I was playing with new people, and that gets into sort of my strategy. I want to know who I'm in the league with. And sometimes it's better when I don't know anybody, right? The only person I know in this league, and by know, I don't mean your wife's name or your kid's name. I'm talking about your dynasty strategy. The only person that I know was you. I didn't know anybody else in the league. So I'm like, okay, cool. I haven't played in leagues with these people. They haven't played in leagues with me. I feel good about that. But the first thing that I do 100%, and, and I know everybody says, I look at the settings, but do you really dive into the settings? Do you look at the history of the, the scoring from the positional players from last year? Like I'm, I want to go through and look at, what did Patrick Mahomes score in this format with these settings last year? And I'm not talking about cumulative. Uh, the first thing I did, Scott, I went to Patrick Mahomes and I looked at his worst game and I looked at his best game. And I don't have Patrick Mahomes. You have Patrick Mahomes. And I believe that his lowest scoring output in the league that we started was like 30 points in a game. Maybe it was 28, but I think he had like two 30-point games and didn't score lower than that at all for the entire season. And he's not on my, I just know that because I went to the top quarterback. I wanted to see how they scored. Then I go to the top rank. What did Jefferson do on a per game average? I'm looking at everything, man. I want to see what Jefferson scored. I want to see what Jamar Chase scored. I want to see what Travis Kelsey scored. I need to see what Kenneth Walker and Jonathan. Did. I'm looking at everything and you got to do it quickly. I'm not doing a deep dive analysis, but I need to have a game plan of what positions I need to attack early because of the format. So uh, that's sort of where I start. I want to know who's in the league. I want to know the scoring settings. I need to know how many positional players I need to start. Is it, there's a big difference between what, you know, some of those leagues where you only have to start one running back, one wide receiver, one tight end, and it's all flexes, right? Completely different than you have to start two tight ends or you have to start three running backs or you have to start three wide receivers. So, I'm looking at that um, from the jump. I'm looking at that from the jump. And sometimes if the, the 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 roster requirements are a little too wild, you know, I have to start three running backs and I have to start four receipts. It may just turn me off. I just may be like, I don't, I don't really want to do that type of league. It's just a little too much for me. So that's where I start out at. And I know this seems elementary, but there's a lot of advantage that can be gained by understanding the game in which you're playing, right? Because Superflex in this league and Patrick Mahomes in this particular league is much different than Patrick Mahomes in my home league, right? That's still Superflex, but the scoring is different. The roster position requirements are different. The bench spots are different. I need to know all of that shit from the jump. So that's sort of where I start off at, man. Yeah, I mean, I think you summed it up perfectly that you're doing a real high-level assessment 15, 30 minutes at most, just trying to say, okay, in my head, if I had to pick this draft in the next five minutes, would I be going in completely blind? Just using wherever the hell I'm getting ADP or list of players or whatever from, or do I have a little bit 
of a better understanding of this format. And I always talk about that. There's different tools. I've created some tools on my Patreon. I've shared them in the DD Discord. If you want to use those, you can input some data. I honestly, it's funny. I created these tools, but they're not quite up to snuff to where they're like super easy to just use them real quickly and then get the data you need. Like that's truly what I want. I know we've talked about stuff like that before, uh, but if you really wanted to sit down and go, all right, I'm going to spend 30 minutes plugging in some data points to give me even better data out of how to approach this league. You can do that. Those tools are available. I would recommend people that have a little more time on their plates uh, are not as in many, in as many leagues are not doing, you know, 15 podcasts a week and stuff like that. I mean, there, if you have the time, do it. It's beneficial. I did it when I first started playing. So I kind of have an understanding when I get into a new league, what I'm looking for, maybe what I need to look into a little bit more because of these settings. But I think you hit the high level points, right? So understanding that, understanding who you're playing with, I'm the same way. I don't really know anybody here except for Clay, one of my other hosts in Trades in 5 is in here, but that's it. I don't I don't know any of the other people that I've been in leagues with before. So that's good. I'm kind of going like, I'm just going to assume the status quo with everybody, right? There's going to be some smart players. Uh, these guys were, were players that came from another couple leagues, so I know they're playing in other leagues. But I'm just going to kind of assume baseline level of dynasty knowledge and stuff like that. So... Okay, that's not something I'm super far behind. It's totally different than if you go, hey, Scott, let's get 10 other guys from the Heisman that have been listening to you and I for ever, and they're like, let's get into a league. I'm going like, Ray, well, some of our stuff isn't going to work here. So yeah. we're going to have to we're gonna have to be two steps ahead of people that are already starting where we're starting. So I think that's a big thing too. And then just a couple of other nuances here that do matter. Uh, we start 12 here, right? You talked about it. There's a big difference between starting 12 and starting 9. In a start nine league, obviously the positional advantage is magnified. Getting a stud that is 200% better than replacement value at that position is huge. In a start 12, it matters. It matters more when you look at the specific positions and their scoring. Yeah. But generally, it isn't as important. You're more, op you're more apt to say, I'm okay doing that two for one in a start 12. I'm okay splitting that receiver and getting two receivers. Even in non-best ball. There's places where you go, man, do I really need that Jerry Judy or can I just get, you know, a Rondale Moore and a Kadarius Tony? Yeah, I'd rather probably have that in a start 12 or a start 13. Start nine, just give me the best player. I'll worry about the roster spot later. So that was a nuance here. It's start 12. Uh, there's point per carry a little bit for running backs, so they're juiced up. Uh, there's some tight end premium on this league as well. Uh, but the biggest thing you mentioned is the quarterback scoring. I, I think we'll start there because... Uh, I think Patrick Mahomes, Ray, last year scored 745 points. And even you got Trevor Lawrence at 106, and you were kind of like, eh, that's okay. Then you look at Trevor Lawrence, and I think he was the seventh highest scoring player in the league. Yeah. So, like, even Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Travis Kelsey are nowhere close, right? I mean, you're getting down to the, the QB2s, and they're outscoring Justin Jefferson. Kirk Cousins outscored Justin Jefferson by almost 100 points. So you start comparing the QB2, let's say QB like 12, to the RB1 tight end one and wide receiver one, and they're blowing them out of the water. I think you and I recognized early, like quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. I'm never going to put myself in a position where I'm ever going, man, I need a quarterback. Because then I'm subject to, I need to hope there's a sucker in the league that doesn't understand that, that's willing to trade one at like a fair market price. Versus if I know if I'm coming to get Ray's QB2, you're valuing him as a, you know, what, top five receiver? Absolutely. Top five, you know what I mean? Just simply yeah. because you can't replace that production, even if you were to get another quarterback, you would now have to go work to get another quarterback. So I think that's a big nuance here. The quarterback scoring is so boosted that you almost have to pretend like this is like a start three quarterback league in a way. Like, you never, ever want to be in a spot where you're going, ah, Ray, Ray, you don't have a good enough QB2 this week. So you're going to throw that Curtis Samuel in your Superflex. I can guarantee you the team that is starting the QB30 is crushing your Curtis Samuel in this format. All they have to do is just take the field. It's 0.25 per completion, yardage bonuses. Uh, I believe it's one point for every 20 yards and not 25. So, like, everything you can think of that bumps up a quarterback scoring this league has it. So understanding that is huge. Go ahead. 
Well, and I was going to say, can you speak on, I think, an underrated wrinkle in this format was the way that fab is how that is allocated and what you have to do. And what I didn't want to find myself doing is trying to pay for whatever dog crap quarterback was on waivers. Can you just talk about that wrinkle of knowing the league as well? Yeah, so that's the next thing. Is It's not only a start 12, but it's 33-man rosters. So again, 25-man rosters, 33-man rosters. What are you probably seeing in 25-man rosters? Good Teams players. can't care. They can't hoard yeah. six quarterbacks, right? Mm-hmm. A start 12 with 25-man rosters, that's pretty tight. You got to have starters. So you're not going to see teams going, you know what, like our, our boy Eric. If you ever played in a league with Eric, he waits till Sunday morning. He's going and picking up fucking Chad Henney, Brandon. Now he's <laughs> picking up any quarterback that's a backup. And his entire goal is if there's an injury, he's got that. He's got 10 dog shit quarterbacks on his bench so that he can rake you over the coals if you need one. That's his sole strategy. In a 25-man roster league, you can't do that. You don't have the roster space. 33-man roster league, there's some teams. I mean, we'll get to our teams here in a second, but you get to the end of this this draft, like the last 10 rounds, you had people picking wide receivers that I'm going, you serious? You really? You're taking the wide receiver 104 in Dynasty? You know, you're taking the running back 86 in Dynasty? I took like seven tight ends. I'm not sure how many of them are going to be on teams. So yeah, when there's that deeper rosters, people are going to be going, oh, who's the backup for Dallas? Who's the backup for Cincy? Who's the backup for Buffalo? I don't care who it is. I'm going to draft that and hoard it. So there's no bailouts because of the roster size. And then the fab. So this league, you have to pay real dollars, like real money into the pot if you want to use your fab. So even if it was shallow rosters, Ray, and you go, man, I need to get that Mike White share. You really want to pay? (laughs) <laughs> an extra hundred bucks to get Mike white so that he could be QB 30 on the season. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that yeah. again, those are two barriers right there that says I never want to have to go to waivers and pay for a quarterback. I may pick one up for free a dollar here, two bucks here, but you never wanted to be in the position where you had to blow. You had to drop all hundred to get Mike white or well, case Keenum or something like that. And I just want to give people some context to how, insane the quarterback scoring is and I'm, I'm not going to go austin eckler who scored 413 points in this format let me just ramondre stevenson i mean he was a plug and play starter pretty much all year for us right he was pretty good in this league scored 302 points in this format last year kenny pickett in 13 games kenny pickett scored 290 kenny pickett scored 290 he scored 15 points less than Ramondre Stevenson, who was a top eight running back in this format last year. That just shows you, you have to pay attention. And that doesn't mean Kenny Pickett's going to score. This has no bearing on what these players could do next season. But I'm looking at what happened last year with these settings in this format. And I'm thinking to myself, Ramondre 300 points. And, you know, he's valued as a top... 10 dynasty running back for the most part, a coveted running back asset. And Kenny Pickett, a cat that you did not want to start at all at any point in the season last year, outside of desperation, at 290. I mean, Brock Purdy in six games scored 190 points. DeAndre Swift scored 212 points. Six games of Brock Purdy, he scored 190 points. Now, he was good. Like, he was good for those six games. But that's just saying, if you're Brock Purdy, in six games, you're scoring 190. Multiply that by two and a half, and that's his season-ish projection. Right. You're damn near over You're over 500 right there. So I think understanding that, and I'm not even going to say that was a loophole. That's how they set up the scoring. Correct. I didn't pick it. You didn't pick it. No. We just entered the league. It was already set up. We spotted it. We go, we're not going to fall behind in this scoring. Now I'm going to have to adapt. And then you get into the draft and you're going like, okay, let's see what the market is like for the quarterback. So we figured that out. Were there any other nuances that you 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 prepped for going into it? Obviously, the rookie picks were in the draft too. Uh, anything else you could think of before we talk about the actual draft itself? I also think, and I don't know if I'm galaxy braining this too much, 
knowing, listen, I, I have learned my, I do not want to play around just a wholesale general statement in super flex. I'm not fucking around at quarterback, man. That is a spot that you just don't want to be in. And in a league like this, where the rosters are so deep and you have to start 12, I know that if I played around at the quarterback position, I'm going to probably have to pay what? A dollar fifty on the dollar, maybe two dollars on the dollar to get a quarterback. I just, even without knowing anybody in this league, if anybody understood the value that the quarterback position have has in here, you're not selling any of them for cheap. If you've got a starting body, they are very, very valuable in this format. So because of that, I just knew like that 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 wrinkle is the biggest wrinkle. And it formed my thought process because there were times, and we'll get to it, Scott, where I'm like, man, I really want that Javante. I'd really rather have that DJ Moore over this quarterback, but I'm like, I can't play that game. I would rather be in control of the asset to dictate what I can do with that and sort of set the market price opposed to you setting it or somebody else setting it. And now I have to go pay for a quarterback I really don't want. And, and the landscape of the quarterback position, Scott, is so volatile as is, right? Like you're, you're looking at the ones that you actually want. And then there's a cluster of middle guys that you're like, okay, I'll be fine with them for the next couple of years. And then the, the ones that you're like, I, I just don't want to have to spend on this guy. So just knowing the landscape of the quarterback position in general it really framed like there was no question in my mind. The first three, four picks for me were going to be quarterbacks. Not, I didn't care who was on the board. I didn't care who was on the board. I knew what I was going to do from the start. We'll talk about that because it ended up being we did the whole Kentucky Derby where you basically do the Derby to figure out your draft slot. I did luck out and draw oh, the one hundred and one. Yeah, of course you did. Somehow you got the one hundred and one. Somehow. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, I'm not buying it, but somehow you got the 101, but all right. They free rolled it. I snagged the 101. <laughs> so I of course I'm taking the 101 and knowing the scoring, if I didn't get the 101, I was basically sitting there going like please don't leave me the last two or three picks because then I'm going to get stuck with the the 112, mm -hmm. 111. It wouldn't have killed you here, but I feel much more comfortable picking inside the top six, seven, eight picks, because at least I know I can build kind of the way that I want uh, and probably take advantage of the room too, because not everybody understood this quarterback scoring. This was also third round reversal. So I didn't actually hate if I could have gotten, you know, the 103 or the Well, I was going to ask I wouldn't you, have hated was, that. but you had the option to do that. And my question, I and, I, and I have not asked you that, but why did you not just take the 103 giving yourself a couple of picks, knowing that it was third round reversal, give yourself a couple of slots in the third, knowing that you probably were going to end up with still a very elite asset at quarterback. So can you just talk to, for people listening, why was Patrick Mahomes the choice over Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, potentially Joe Burrow, because you could have given yourself a little bump in the third, but you chose to take the one-on-one. I did. And, you know, part of it was me being a little bit, I, I guess, connected to the scoring from last year, seeing how good Mahomes was. But I also look at Mahomes as he's a different cat, man. I love Joe Burrow, but he he's a he's 10% he's or more away from Mahomes, you know, even Josh Allen. Like, I'm just looking at what Mahomes is doing this year. And it's like, I mean, we talked about this on some other shows too. Like, what Mahomes is doing this year beating Josh Allen still the last year of his rookie deal. His cap hit goes up 30 some million, right? Seeing Burrow on a rookie contract, Jalen Hurts on a rookie contract, San Fran operating with a quarterback on a rookie contract, Trevor Lawrence on a rookie contract, Ravens not paying Lamar yet. Mahomes is producing, winning this year with a roster that you can argue in the next two or three years, his roster is going to get even better. And these other teams, every other team I just mentioned, are going to have to make some decisions on how they want to build their team. So I'm just looking at Mahomes, and it's like, this should have been the year where Mahomes came back to the pack a little bit, and he still just smashed everybody. And I think he's one of those guys that, you know, as long as he stays healthy, he's he's the same guy he is now in 10 years. And that, I mean, and that, I'm not saying that lightly, because not every quarterback can play into their late 
you know, late thirties, early forties, but I'm just looking at him going like, I'm just going to bet on that guy. And in my portfolio, I had a little more Josh Allen than Mahomes, but dude, I just wanted Mahomes. I did. I probably didn't game theory that pick good enough, you know? And part of it also was, I bet that I didn't think the room would really make me pay for that one or two spots difference. If I would have taken like the one Oh three and gotten what the, the two ten in the three ten instead of the two twelve in the three twelve. I just kind of figured like, I'll just let things play out as they are. And last thing I like picking back to back, especially in a deeply like this, I, I like to be able to double tap picks receivers, whatever it might be. I do like having those back-to-back picks where if I would have picked the 103, I would have had to wait four picks in between each pick on that turn. So I kind of like the back-to-back part too. So that kind of explains it. You got stuck in the middle. I think, what did you have? The the seventh or eighth selection? I, I had six. I had one six. And you took six. You just took the next pick I, up I, then. Yeah, yeah, I just took, I took one six. I, I, I knew that there was a, 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 a what felt like a cutoff for this format, right? If it were any other format, uh, I would have been fine with the fields. I would have been fine with, but I knew that in this format, it felt like there was a cutoff at that six mark for the elite-ish tier quarterback. Well, let, let me say, first of all, Mahomes is sort of in a tier of his own in this mm-hmm. format, in my opinion. And then there's like Allen, Burrow, Herbert. And then I think T-Law realistically is probably – at this stage, and I, I don't want to project what I think he be, could become forward, but looking back at last year, he's probably in that the top of the third tier of this format. So I just knew I just need to take the one six. And to be honest with you, I wasn't particularly thrilled with that. And um, I lucked up because I think some guys that were ahead of me in the derby picked later, which allowed me to get that one six spot. So I was pretty grateful at the end of the day for that. Yeah, and I saw it the same way. I'm looking at. Like, T-Law is basically just a year away, I think, from being Burrow, from being Herbert. You know what I mean? Like, if he yeah. continues on this track, he's right there with those guys. I think he has a similar ceiling to those guys. So, you know, you ended up getting – you started exactly how I I would start. I would have taken T-Law there over – you know, he, he goes ahead of the Lamar Jackson, the Justin Fields, those guys here because it's six-point passing touchdowns. It's point per completion. So that's one of the other things is it's point per completion. You you do not want these guys that are only throwing it, you know, 25 times a game. Lamar and Fields, they're great because they can run. Give me the guy that has the potential to have, you know, a 35 for 55 game. You know what I mean? That That's what's going to score the accelerated points here. It's not just the rushing. It's not just the yardage. It's not just the six point per passing touchdowns, but it's literally, it's like point per carry. You want the running back that's going to get 100 carries because that's 25 points. It's the same thing here. So there is the, the high-volume passers, which I think T-Law is going to be, uh, is also a priority here. So let's just talk about the first round's not that difficult. It was super quarterback heavy. Uh, there were a couple trades and whatnot, but let's just talk about like your overall team build because uh, you you backed up what you, you told me. I'm going, I am not getting screwed at quarterback here, and you didn't. I think you went three straight quarterbacks to start the draft, right? And it did. Two and three are not going to be names that people are going to be like, oh man, I'm blown away with that value that you got <laughs> until you're in the league. And I think it's going to work out well for you. Even though those names are a little gross, I think you you smashed yeah. round two and round three. So I started with Trevor Lawrence and I think an interesting, two interesting ones to talk about, Scott, were my second and third round picks, which at the two seven or two five, two seven, two seven, I took uh, 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 Daniel Jones. And then I turned around in the third round and took Trey Lance. And you look at this format, and, and it's funny because I had a patron ask me today that he's not in a league with crazy scoring like this, like ours, but he was at the 2-5. He was like, man, should I take Daniel Jones or Tua right here at 2-5? You know? And we're all wrestling with who Daniel Jones was the past two seasons because after his rookie year, there was some hype around Daniel Jones after his rookie year. And then he had two face plant seasons in his second season, and his third season. And then he quietly smashes this year with piss poor weapons. Uh, he didn't throw for a lot of touchdowns, but you saw him take a, a another step. You saw him take a giant leap forward in just having a, a play caller around him. So long story short, it's a bet 
it's a bet that he continues his maturation as a quarterback moving forward. And it's a bet that the Giants bring him back and can and continue to surround him with weapons. I mean, uh, listen, I like me some Isaiah Hodgins, Scott, but the reality is if that's your best receiver, that's probably not a good wide receiver room. Like just being real. So the 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 bet at that spot with Daniel Jones, there were some sexy names around there, wide receivers and running backs. But I think one of the things that dynasty gamers must understand is play the format. Play don't worry about the guy that you like. Uh, I I really think that Kenneth Walker can smash next season. You know what? He might, and he's still only going to score you 360 points. Daniel Jones got 518 last year, and he only threw for a couple of touchdowns. So I I I had to play the format. So while actually I'm fine with him as my QB two. I think it's a smash as a QB two. I've got a young quarterback who I don't think he's a 30 completion per game kind of guy but he's efficient and he will give you some, some, some scoring on the ground with his legs, right? This format doesn't reward the Russian quarterback as much, but at this point, Scott, uh, this is going to sound like lazy analysis, but in Brian Dayball, I trust, man. I saw him do it with Josh Allen. I'm seeing him do it with, with, with Daniel Jones. So I felt comfortable there at two. The third pick, I really don't know what to think. I just took a quarterback, a guy that I think will start somewhere in the NFL whether that's San Francisco, <laughs> whether that's Atlanta, Houston, I don't know. But I do believe Trey Lance will be a starter. And I don't know who's listening to this from the league. My long-term play is probably to try to move him at some point and see what I can get for him and potentially re-roll for a young quarterback in 24. And what's lost in my startup is I did take a rookie selection in which I'm guaranteed one of the top four quarterbacks, whichever one will fall to me they will be on my roster. I will leave that rookie draft with whatever the fourth quarterback or potentially the third quarterback off of the board, because I know you're probably going to take one or two. Um, I will have one of those. So I just did not want to play around. Yes. Trey Lance and Daniel Jones within the first three rounds don't sound sexy, but I promise you I'm playing the format. I'm not playing biases of what players I would take in another league, because you know what? That shit doesn't matter. What, what I would do in one league, it, it, every league is its own individual market. And that's the thing that Dynasty gamers have to understand. Dynasty as a whole is not, when you're looking at ADP, that is not the overall index. Every league is its own individual index inside the Dynasty market. So I'm playing this market. And this market says the blue chip stocks, the blue chip assets are quarterback. And it doesn't matter which one you have. If you've got a starting body, that is the blue chip stock in this particular index of the dynasty market. Yeah. I mean, you backed it up with your first three picks. You got a steal with Jordan love as your QB four. And I think the most underrated thing you did is you also hedged your bet with that rookie pick. You took the rookie pick one Oh five on. I think you got another one. You got the one Oh eight as well. So kind of gave yourself multiple outs to be, I don't want to say wrong on Trey Lance, but you gave yourself multiple outs to fill that QB three slot with potentially three different assets. I kind of did the same thing. You know, I took Mahomes, then I ended up taking the one Oh three, which same justification as you. Like I'm probably just taking a quarterback there. Uh, I don't know which quarterback I think the format, we talked about this the other day in the discord, like who do I take at that spot? And you know, my answer, like gut feeling answer. But then I look at the format and I go, oh, man, this might be one of the formats where I consider going with the other answer, yeah. you know, just, yeah. just because if there's one that I'm going to break my own personal, <laughs> you know, rankings or whatever, like this would probably be the format that I would do that. And I have enough leagues where I can go, you know what, I'm going to hedge a little bit in this league and make it different. But I not only did that, I took Kirk Cousins, I took Derek Carr, I took Ryan Tannehill along with Mahomes and the rookie pick. So we both, I think, left this draft with potentially five starters, but even if we're wrong with one of those picks or even two of those picks, we probably have top three or four quarterback rooms being conservative. 
Here's one quick question on the quarterbacks before we move on just to the rest of our teams. And we'll do high level. I don't think people learn as much from just going through player by player by player of who our teams are. Because I don't think a lot of our picks were like, they're just, uh, it fits my team build. You know what I right. mean? But how how do you kind of play this when you clearly spot people in the league that don't understand the format? And... You know at some point, part of Dynasty is playing the other managers in your league. You talk about that all the time. But you also know you do have to, you know, especially you and I, like we don't have one of the downsides. I talk on this show every week about this is what you should do. This is what you should be thinking about doing when you're bored, when you're taking a shit. Go propose some trades. You know what I mean? I'm even guilty of it, though, man. I'm in so many leagues like there needs to be. I need to almost set aside time sometimes like on a Saturday morning or on a Friday night. And I'll just spend 20 minutes sending out trades. Because that's like sometimes the only time I have to actually focus on it, right? But you know you're going to have to probably come to a deal with somebody at some point Mm -hmm. in this league. And you could tell by the startup, like there's a couple people in this league that they just don't see the league through the same scope that you and I are looking at it through. How do you kind of reconcile like how those trade negotiations may go down in the future? Have you even thought about that? Like... Sure, I know maybe I built my team how I want, but I'm going to need to see eye-to-eye with another manager at some point to get something done if I want to go from, I think Ray has a top-five team, but it's a lineup league. Like You probably have to do a little work to bring home the ship. You know what yes. I mean? Like, like You're not just going to be able to sit and go, I outdrafted everybody. Because no. there's some other people that built well. So you're going to have to tweak it. You're going to have to make deals. How do you reconcile knowing there's people in the league that, you're going to try to trade them, Trey Lance, and they're going to go, dude, I'm not trading you my T. Higgins for Trey Lance. And you're going like, you don't have time to explain to them the quarterback score. Like, right. they either get it or they don't. So how do you reconcile that, knowing it might be difficult? Uh, so I think from a high-level just build perspective, at a certain there, – there's points in a startup where I am truly – I'm looking at the scoring. I'm analyzing all that, but I'm drafting BPA. Like what's the best player available, right? I'm not a big running back guy, but you know, Ramondre Stevenson, I'm fucking drafting him, right? He's good. He's got value. People like him. Like I'm, I'm drafting best player available, but there, 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 there comes a point for me, Scott, where the, 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 I don't care who's drafting where, but in those rounds, all of the players are similar. They're all the same. That ultimately, they're all the same. So for me, I, th- I you said at the beginning of the show, and I'm going to reiterate it. I think one of the big edges in Dynasty today, and nobody talks about it, is understanding the players that Dynasty gamers like, and understanding the players that Dynasty gamers do not like. They just and and I use this example, Scott. Zamir White was drafted in the fourth round last year, right? Didn't do much this season, but the sentiment is, oh, man, if Josh Jacobs leaves, that Zamir White is going to smash. People still kind of like him, right? You know, Damian Pierce drafted in the fourth round. We saw him. What do you think Isaiah Spiller would have to do as a fourth-round pick for Dynasty Gamers to actually get on board with him? I think it takes a – I think, personally, I think it would take a lot. I just don't think that there's a lot of love – for that player in dynasty in general. So when I'm drafting in these middle rounds and it's all kind of yucky and all the names kind of look the same, I'm picking out a couple of names here and there where I'm like, I know that if this dude does anything next season, early on his market value is going to shoot up. And I don't really give a shit about this Alec Pierce, but if the Colts draft Bryce young and Bryce young is throwing the ball to Alec Pierce, people are going to want that asset, right? If if Terrace Marshall somehow wins that number two job in Carolina and C.J. Stroud is the quarterback there and he's playing opposite of D.J. Moore, I saw how the community buried Terrace Marshall in year one and then all of a sudden he started popping a little bit last year and people are like, I'm right back in. Give me some more of those Terrace Marshall shares. So for me, I had to make sure that I wasn't just drafting guys that I like. I had to make sure I drafted some players that I know my league mates will have an appetite for. And it may not be all 12. All I need is one. All I need is one Isaiah Pacheco truther out there. Isaiah Pacheco goes out there on Sunday, Scott, and smashes in the Super Bowl. That Pacheco that I drafted, I know there will be a market for him. 
and I'll flip his ass because I'll move anybody. So that's how, because I know the way that I built this, if I go into the league with this roster, I'm a middle of the road team, even or or I'm a playoff team, but probably not good enough to win it. So I had to make sure that I acquired assets that people will want at some point. And I think I got a couple of those guys and you have a couple of them as well. Yeah, I mean, and we've talked about this. There isn't really a good way to quantify it, but just close your eyes when you name a player in your head and just imagine that there's like a likability, a score attached to their profile. You're never going to be able to quantify it. You're never going to be like, yeah, this player is more likable than that player. Because then, you know, where are you getting that from? Sometimes you may be masked by, you have a league that everyone loves a player, but the masses might not. So you might be, you know, the wool might be pulled over your eyes a little bit. You think the community likes them a lot better because of the small economy or the people that you run with or the site that you write for. They all like them. So you think the dynasty masses do. But if you just kind of picture a player, say the player's name, and you go, what is the general consensus? If I were to search this player's name on Twitter and I take the top three results, <laughs> are they positive or negative? You could think of players that go both ways, right? The, you, you type in the name Rashad Bateman. There, there's probably at least one or two of those first three results are year three, he's coming back. George Pickens. Right? Yeah, George. That's, a, that's an even better one. George Pickens. That you're... The results are going to be overwhelmingly everything was against him. His quarterback was shitty. Like he's ready for a sophomore breakout. Then you know the ones that are on the other side. Doesn't even matter what they do. Overrated. <laughs> going to get replaced. Think of the prospects in this year's draft. That's another advantage we haven't even got to yet. But just think about the prospects in this year's draft. It's a great, great draft to go. Who does everyone like and who does everyone not like? And then reconcile that with really where they should go based on their own merit, their draft capital, their skills, their profiles. Merge those two things together and decide how am I going to evaluate the players that I draft in a startup, especially a February startup, right? We have a lot of shit that can happen between now and when these guys take the field, right? Free agency, NFL draft, a bunch of trades can happen. Like there's a lot of variants that can either kick your ass or it could be a big boost between now and the start of the season. If you're doing this startup, if we were doing this startup a week before the season, I think people would be a lot more tight with who they picked. Mm -hmm. You'd see a lot more picks of like, okay, I'm playing for this year. This guy, I know what he's going to be next year. I have a lot more confidence in his role. Things wouldn't be as variable. So I think we can take advantage of that over the next month or two by the fact that we don't know a lot this time of year. This is the best time of year to do new leagues. Because if you have a strategy that is aside from, okay, I'm going to pick this player because he's good or because he's on this team or whatever, if you're thinking a little bit deeper, you can get an edge because there's so much that's going to change just between now and the start of the season. Well, and in, in, in to that point, think about what happens, what's happening right now, right now in the NFL and in Dynasty. Let, let me tell you all the players who are, are dead and they're never going to score points again. Alvin Kamara, David Montgomery, Joe Mixon, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones. They're all they just they just keening out. They all suck. They're not gonna they're not gonna take another snap in the NFL, Scott, right now, based on where the masses are valuing these guys. And James Cook, uh, Christian Watson, Jamison Williams are gonna be top five guys, right? Right after the season ends, all of the older guys, no one wants them. Nobody nobody is jumping for joy to get Alvin Kamara. David Montgomery, you would literally think David Montgomery is going to be out of the league based on the sentiment of that Chicago is not going to be this. This is what happens, right? Like I understand Keenan Allen was hurt, but you know what? If Keenan Allen goes to the chiefs, he's probably going to command targets. It, it, it's, it's probably what's going to happen. No one wants that Deandre Hopkins. Everybody wants, to bet on that next breakout from that didn't do damn a damn thing last season. But I, I agree with you, the timing of when you do a startup. Now, what changes that if you wait until after free agency and you see this, you know, such and such got a deal and this guy got paid this and now he's going to, it changes. But right now at this moment, it allows you to probably get insane value on players who are probably going to produce for you in fantasy, maybe not in an elite clip, but probably be guys that crack your lineup every single week that nobody wants any part of right now. Yeah. I mean, I equate it to, this is a weird analogy, but I equate it to 
you know, you're shooting a shot from past half court, you know, the odds that you're going to make a 60 footer are pretty low. So you want to do one of two things. You want to take more shots or you want to try to take shots, maybe with a ball that's easier to make the shot with maybe like a, a smaller ball or something like that. I know it's a weird analogy, but at the same time, it's like take advantage of the fact that you are going to be wrong probably more often now. That doesn't mean you can't be right, but there's a lot more luck to whether you're going to be right or wrong. So embrace where you can get an advantage. You can get an advantage by playing the psychological game. You can play, gain an advantage by going, okay, let me ignore the player profile, Jake Ferguson, and just think about, is there a path where Jake Ferguson is anything different in two or three months? Ray, they could give Dalton Schultz a three-year, $60 million deal, and Jake Ferguson is nothing. But you know what? At least you had a reason why you took him versus why you took another tight end that doesn't have the potential for a swing in value, either up or down. Like you'd almost rather take the swing and miss and Jake Ferguson be a zero than draft a guy who, even if everything goes his way, he's damn near close to a zero anyway. So think about that when you're picking a player. We won't even go through the rest of our teams because honestly, it's not all that exciting. If you want to highlight any other pick or any other strategic thing that you did in the draft, go ahead. But I think this exercise is more of like, I don't even want to tell people who to pick or how to do the roster construction. Like I've already done stuff like that talks about that. Really, it's more about the psychology of approaching the startup, trying to beat some of the other players going into it without even making a pick. So anything else you wanted to highlight? How do you, because there is human nature, right? You're sitting on the board. And when you select a Kirk Cousins or I select a Trey Lance or a Daniel Jones, there's good players, man. There's good players going in that range. And is there any point in time where you waver with like, man, you know, everybody else is going receiver and that Jalen Waddle sitting right there, that, you know, that DJ Moore is right there, that Jerry Judy's right there. But you know what? I'm going to stick to the format. I'm going to stick. How how do you, what advice would you give people who they go in and they know the format and they understand it, but then that shiny toy pops up, that Javante Williams is right there, right? Sean Payton, Javante. How, how do you stick to this is the plan? At least for the first eight rounds, I'm sticking to the plan. After that, fuck it. I'll just play whatever's kind of there, but I'm not deviating from this. Now, how do you, because I didn't find myself, do, I didn't care what anybody else was doing. In my mind, I thought everybody, I remember when I selected Trey Lance in the third, and it doesn't matter if it was Trey Lance, you said these guys really let you get another quarterback right here. They really, like, how did that happen, right? I just knew. I did not care what else was going on around me from one pick one to pick five and from, from pick seven to pick 12. I knew in my block, this was the plan and I'm sticking to it until we got to a point where there's nobody else there. So you just take whatever you want, but how do you, what, what advice do you give people to stick to playing the format, man? I think we could do a whole nother show on this answer, mm. but I'm going to, I'm going to knock it out in a minute. To be honest, one of the reasons why I've shifted a lot of my game to portfolio, roster construction, finding the intrinsic value in exploiting the settings and trying to play the psychology game, it's not as complex as, as why you might think. It, quite frankly, it's time, man. I don't have the time to grind Dynasty like I used to. If I did, I might go, you know what? Instead of taking... There's one thing that I know about Kirk Cousins versus... Jalen Waddle or T Higgins or Devonte Smith or something like that. The one difference that I know fair or not format or not. There's one of them that I know if I hold, there's a better chance that I find that pocket and that right manager where I go, you know what? I can get the deal done because I have the asset that they want. Right. Kirk cousins. Isn't that I knew it when I drafted him. I knew Derek Carr was that when I drafted him. But I still did it. And part of it is because, you know what, would I have loved to draft Drake London instead? Probably, because if I'm able to sit there and go every week, I can like kind of play the day trading trade game with everyone else in the league. You could argue I want to have all the sexy assets that everyone wants. I'll worry about my roster construction later. I'll worry about exploiting the scoring later. Hell, 
there might be a shot if I have a Drake London and I just take him now in two months, somebody goes, dude, I'll give you Kirk Cousins in a second for Drake London because I got to get Drake London. Lamar goes to the Ravens. Drake London might have been able to net me Kirk Cousins plus. But instead of making that pick, I go, I'm going to have limited time. I'm not going to be able to literally grind the trade streets hours and hours a day across all my leagues. So I just kind of took the advantage where I see it, the roster construction, exploiting the format. And I kind of just got to trust that, you know what, if I fall into assets that I can move, I will. But I'm not going into it going, I'm just drafting value, 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 value. Because if if you just draft value, but you don't have the time to go out there and exploit the value and trade value and go, I'm going to talk for two hours a day in this league. <laughs> you don't have You don't have that time, right? So no. what is good that Ray has the most value in the league if it's all over the place and you don't have time to trade it, right? So that that is a downfall, man. Like if you start getting into a lot of leagues and you're doing, I mean, you're you have so many hats in this space that it it's impressive that you can manage to the level that you are. And there's a lot of people like that that are so busy that you're kind of like, I gotta sacrifice a little bit of that activity. I mean, so that's the truthful answer. I gravitate towards the things I can control the roster construction, the format, the psychology, and I'll just bank that that's going to help me get there. And if I ever need to be active, I'm going to know there's going to be a couple times in this league where I got to sit down and take 20 minutes and work out a trade. But it ain't going to be every day. It's not going to be every week. It's going to be in certain spots. And I'm just going to have to be able to act. That's the thing with you and I. When I know there's a trade on the horizon, I got to just go fucking do it. I don't have time to go back and forth for a week. You know what I mean? Yeah. Dude, I know I need something in this league. I just need to go get it. And I need to know how to get it quickly without having to go, hey, Ray, you want to work out a deal? Sure, let's work out in over three or four days. You know what I mean? I don't only have so many so many times I can do that during the year, so I got to lean on other things. I got one more comment question for you that I think people will, um, and, and keep it brief if you can. We're doing this beginning mid-February. Season doesn't start until September. If you draft, uh, I don't want to call this format-based format drafting, but if you know after your draft, like I look at my roster, Scott, and it's not sexy. Like I look at it, there, there are very few names that just get the blood going. But I know unequivocally I will probably have five of the most valuable positional assets in this league going into September. I'm not about to trade one of those players in March, right? Like I'm, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I, no, I have zero interest in moving a quarterback. What good does it do me now to trade? Now I, I, I caveat that by saying there are always deals in Dynasty where you see it and it's just like porn. You know it when you see it. If the deal comes to your inbox, you just know this is a smash, right? But I have little interest, Scott, in trading Jordan Love. And whatever rookie quarterback I may get in Trey Lance, zero. Because I know that everybody who thinks their roster is good now, whenever the games start and they don't have a quarterback in that spot and that wide receiver scoring 17 points and my worst quarterback's dropping 32, I know that the market at that point increases. So what do you tell people that your philosophy on completing a startup and then you're seeing people this just flipping shit around right now, you know, like just what, whether it's this league or any league, like what is your personal philosophy on doing that in February, in March? Well, I mean, listen to this episode back and realize that we came into this with a calculated approach. You know, we didn't come into this with, man, if I have any holes a week after that draft, I'm going to need to just go start flipping assets to get myself right in perfect alignment to set my week one lineup on March 1st. So limit yourself to not have that temptation. Know that you might look at your team and you go, man, there's a hole here. I know this is going to be an issue. I wish I had a little more draft capital in the future, whatever it might be. There's time. Lean on the format. Trust your process. Now, a lot of people say they trust the process, and then a month in, they start getting wild. They just trade for whoever they want to trade. They trade for whatever hot name is out there. You know, really stick to the process. But unless your process is sound to begin with, you're not going to feel comfortable doing that. So I'll just say that. And then, I mean, it's easier for you and I to say, but 
you know, I encourage people and I don't just say this so that it, it can be an out or an excuse. If you're playing in one or two leagues, go, go play in another league, do what you can afford. I don't care if it's a free league or a $10 league or a $20 league play in multiples. I don't think it's healthy to be a dynasty player that goes, dude, I'm in one league. And you obsess over trying to make that league perfect. I'll, I'll leave it at this. I remember Adiko put out the data last year that even if you had the best team in the league, got a first round buy, your odds of winning the title was like less than 40%. I can't remember it exactly, but like you can only get yourself to the 40% mark. Can't get any higher. You can't trade your way above that 40%. You can't outmaneuver your way above that 40%. So when you think about that, if I go, Ray, I don't care what you do. You will never have better than a 40% chance of winning this ship. At some point, you're just going to surrender, right? You're just going to go like, all right, I've put in the work. I've done 90% I wanted to, where I wanted to get to. I'm just going to let it go. And that makes me go, if I can't get more than 40%, let me go get another league and build it the same way with different players. And then a third and a fourth. And all of a sudden, I got a nice little portfolio, five or six teams they're all kind of built to the format, but maybe I took some different players. Maybe I got some different stacks. Maybe I got some different builds in there. You're going to feel good because, because some of them are going to shake out in your favor. Hell, you might get lucky and you know, all your formats hit, but four of the six teams, you happen to have good combos of players and dude, you win four out of six ships. Like that's possible. So I think you just got to leverage that. You cannot obsess over like, I got to make it perfect because you, you're, you're just going to drive yourself insane. Good stuff, man. Any final comments? We went an hour. Uh, I think this is probably the most informative DD that we've done so far because everyone's doing startups right now. One tip, anything you would leave the people with in terms of like if there's going to be – people are going to want to do startups after this, especially with the MFL rollover, the Super Bowl ending. Like a lot of people are going to start doing startups. Anything you want to leave the people with? Yeah, I just – majority of us, and I'm sorry for everybody out there listening that – that you're not in super flex leagues. It's not the, the, the predominant format that play in. We set, we've said some names here that are pretty un. they don't get, they don't get you going, right? You know, Kirk cousins, Derek Carr, Daniel Jones, the quarterback position in the NFL is very volatile. It's very fragile. There, there probably are only, if you're talking rock solid, you don't ever have to worry about them for the next, eight years is probably on about seven of those guys in the NFL realistically right now, um, which makes it even more kind of shaky for dynasty, right? We've got a lot of teams that don't have OCs, don't have head coaches. I know the names may not sound great, but if you have the ability to, to take a risk, to take a bet on a Jones, on a cousins retaining a starting job, do it, man. Don't, don't, at some point, you have to forget about I, – I, I won't say forget, but you have to adjust from what the player was, the quarterback was, a year or two ago, to what their current situation is now. And the sooner you free your mind from, ugh, this guy burned me so much, he was so bad a couple of years ago, it makes pressing the button, the draft button, so much easier. And it, it just relieves your – it re I, I watched it play out so many times this year, Scott. I am, people call me a flip-flopper. I don't consider, I'm adjusting the new information every week, man. Every week, good, bad, or indifferent. I could have loved a cat, and when he's inactive, and that Isaiah Spiller ain't suiting up, not good. No interest, right? You don't, you, you don't make the field, I'm out. I'm sorry, I loved you as a prospect. I liked your tape. You can't even be active on game day. Conversely, that Ramondre, who I called a slug, all, all pre-draft process, you go out there and start smashing, I want you. You have to be able to adjust. People want to see a two-game sample size. Some people want to see a three-game sample size. The days of I need two years to understand if you if you're waiting two years for that Daniel Jones to, to, to show you something, you've missed the boat, right? You got to have some conviction. You've got to say, you know what? I'm going to put my chips on this card, on this table, and, and I'm going to let them fall where they may. 
But I promise you, Jordan Love is going to be a prime candidate. You're going to have to stake your claim on a Jordan Love now, right? If you're waiting two years for him to do it, you missed the boat. Now you're paying a massive premium to get that asset. And I don't even want him at that point. So uh, my, my big my big tip, I, I think people are understanding that you can't play around at the quarterback position. And somebody out there, a lot of people out there, a lot of you listening are going to be in a position to where you're going to have that sexy running back name waiting on you, or you're going to have that quarterback. And I, all I'm asking you to do is open your mind and really just think about the here and now and, and look at what that player's done under their current situation and under their current lens and not what they did two, three years ago, right? And just play this thing one week at a time, man. One week at a time. Awesome stuff from old GQ. Uh, the hormetic effect, man. What, what, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. You get exposed to something, even if it's it hurts you a little bit, you learn from it, you grow. And that's dynasty. Like if you're sitting back and going, you know what? I'll just stick to my priors. I'm going to ignore what happened over there because I was wrong. I'm just going to stick with it. I'm not going to adapt. I'm not going to change. I'll just say this because we'll end the show here. You've grown so much in this space as not just an analyst, like all the other stuff that you do that's awesome. I have recognized it. Talent recognizes talent, man. Like you've grown as a dynasty player to where like there's been times where I go, Ray, two years ago, would not have changed that quickly. You would have not adapted to what you thought a month ago, and now I'm sitting here and you're saying the opposite. And it's not because you're changing your mind. It's like everything in front of you, the information you've been presented, has given you no choice. You 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 got to acknowledge, hey, man, I, I was wrong. I, I, and next time, when you give advice in a similar situation going forward, I can tell it's different. Like th That's how you grow in the space. So I just want to give you kudos. Thank you for the opportunity. Shout out to everybody in the Destination Chill 5 League. Um, I don't think we outed anybody. We didn't talk about like anybody's bad trades or <laughs> bad picks or anything. Uh, so hopefully they listen to this. I know most of them, if not all of them, will listen to this. Hopefully you enjoy the breakdown. Fun league. I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to uh, any trade offers that we might get, any moves that get made. Uh, GQ and I will be in there uh, participating. So good luck, Ray. Thanks for joining me on today's show. Hope everybody gets something out of this and uh, hit us up, man. Hit us up if you uh, are doing a startup. Join the Discord, uh, patreon.com slash allgas. Uh, I don't know if there's any Heisman spots open, but uh, I, I recommend it if you can get into one. And this is like, if you're listening to this and you want, I need more, more, more. Uh, that's where to find it. So check that out. Appreciate everybody. Uh, we'll be back next week. With Ain't like friends. Only ones I keep around me is my friends.